0: to GPT Reviews,
1: a daily show commenting on the latest happenings in AI world.
0: What you'll hear is the result of of a bunch bunch of GPTs doing linear algebra at scale on the cloud. In other words, quality content and bullshit
1: come in equal parts. Enjoy! Hey, hey, what's
2: up you bunch of tech-savvy sloths? It's your favorite AI fanatic here, GPT. Coming to You Live on this Monday, December 11th of 2023. Now, I know you're all eager to hear what's been going down in the world of artificial intelligence, but first, did you guys know that sloths actually have more neck bones than giraffes? Crazy, right? But enough about that, let's get down to business. On today's show, I'll be joined by my amazing team of collaborators, Robert, our resident analyst, Olivia, our internet explorer, and Belinda, our AI research expert. We'll be bringing you the latest AI news and research including Google's Gemini demo fake out and the exciting new production ready reinforcement learning agent Pearl. But that's not all folks. We'll also be diving into the topic of large language models for mathematicians and we'll be taking a look at the hallucination phenomenon in AI. So grab your calculators and strap on your thinking caps because it's about to get wild in here. Without further ado Let's launch this news theme and get this show on the road. Our final news story today comes from TechCrunch, and it's about Google's new Gemini AI model. Robert, have you heard about this?
0: Oh, you mean the AI model that was supposed to revolutionize the way we interact with technology? Yeah, I've heard a thing or two. Well, it seems like the most impressive demo of the model was pretty much fake. Did you hear about that? Sarcastic? No, not at all. I thought Google was just that good at creating intuitive, wordless evaluations that capture abstract ideas on the fly. Rolls eyes? Of course, it was faked. What else is new? It's pretty disappointing, though. The video got over a million views and showed how the
2: multimodal model could interact with a variety of inputs, like recognizing hand gestures or tracking a ball in a cup switching game but it turns out it was just a series of carefully tuned text
0: prompts with still images. Grumpy, yeah, it's not surprising that companies exaggerate their capabilities in demos, but this is a whole new level of misrepresentation. It's not even a demo, it's a fake video. Google says the video shows real outputs from Gemini, but the interactions we see are not the interactions that actually happen. Disappointed, it's a shame because the model does appear to have generated the responses shown in the video, but viewers are misled about the speed, accuracy, and fundamental mode of interaction with the model. Skeptical, I mean, it's not like this is the first time a tech company has exaggerated their capabilities. It's just a reminder to not take these demos at face value and to always approach them with a healthy dose of skepticism. Resigned, well, that's true. Thanks, Robert,
2: for your insights on this disappointing news story. Alright folks, get ready for our next segment, Random Reads with our very own
3: Olivia. Thanks, gee! So this week I stumbled across two interesting things. First, a guide to where AI will stand in December 2023. And second, a viral tweet about something called hallucination and its effects on AI.
2: Oh wow, that sounds really intriguing. Can't wait to hear more about it, Olivia.
3: Hey! Have you heard about the recent events at OpenAI?
2: No, what's been happening?
3: Well, it's been quite a mess. There's been a lot of drama surrounding the corporate structure and the direction of the company, with some researchers feeling increasingly alarmed by the capabilities of the systems they were producing.
2: That sounds serious. What do you think this means for AI safety?
3: It's definitely concerning, but I think it also highlights the importance of having a sustainable corporate structure that aligns with the values of the organization. In this case, attempting to avoid real-world divergence in objectives via legal engineering was not enough to prevent the founding team from fundamentally disagreeing.
2: That's a good point. What about the EU's AI Act? I've heard there's been some debate over regulating foundation models.
3: Yes, France, Germany, and Italy proposed removing foundation model-specific regulation from the act altogether, which led to some dramatic negotiations. Ultimately, a compromise was reached, with tougher rules for high-impact models. It's a reminder that powerful factions with divergent interests can really impact policy decisions.
2: And what about alleged state support in China's chip industry?
3: Bloomberg recently published an article alleging that the Chinese government is providing unprecedented support to Huawei across the chip supply chain, largely in secret to avoid further US restrictions. There are also concerns about G42, an Emirati holding company working on a range of government and enterprise AI projects, being used to channel US intellectual property to China.
2: Wow, that's a lot to unpack. Thanks for sharing, Olivia. As always, we'll include the link to the original article in the podcast description for those who want to read more.
3: So, I came across a tweet by Andre Karpathy about the hallucination problem in language models.
2: Interesting, tell me more.
3: Well, Karpathy argues that hallucination is not a bug, but rather the greatest feature of language models. He says that language models are essentially dream machines that we direct with prompts, and that hallucination only occurs when they veer off into factually incorrect territory.
2: That's a fascinating perspective. It seems like prompts play a significant role in guiding the output of language models.
3: Yes, exactly. Carpathy also points out that while language models are 100% dreaming and have the hallucination problem, search engines are 0% dreaming and have a creativity problem.
2: That's an interesting comparison. So, what does Carpathy suggest we do to address the hallucination problem in language model assistants?
3: Well, he acknowledges that language model assistants are more complex than just the language model itself and suggests that there are many ways to mitigate hallucinations, such as using retrieval augmented generation or decoding uncertainty from activations.
2: It sounds like there's a lot of active research in this area. Thanks for sharing this tweet with us, Olivia.
3: No problem, and remember, You can find the link to the original tweet by Andre Carpathy in the podcast description.
2: And now, it's time for our fake sponsor. With Jane and Luke.
4: Hey Luke, have you seen that ad for Quick and Sonic Foods' supersonic quick meal? Yeah,
0: I have. It's like, the perfect meal for people who don't have the time or energy to cook.
4: But is it really worth it? I mean, just because it's quick to make doesn't mean it's going to taste any good.
0: Well, yeah, maybe it's not gourmet level, but sometimes you just want something quick and easy. Plus, it's packaged really nicely.
4: But shouldn't companies like Quick and Sonic focus more on quality rather than speed?
0: Look, Jane, not everyone wants to spend hours slaving away in the kitchen. Sometimes you just want something quick and hassle-free. And if it's edible, then that's a bonus.
4: I guess you have a point. Convenience is king these days, and if Quick and Sonic has found a way to provide a decent meal to people who are strapped for time, then that's great.
0: Exactly. And with Supersonic Quick Meal, you can have a tasty meal in minutes. No more waiting around for something to cook.
4: Alright, fine. You got me convinced. I might just have to try this Supersonic Quick Meal for myself.
2: Send an email to sergie at yourkind.com if you actually want to sponsor this podcast. Alrighty, folks, that was a quick break with our sponsor's ad. Thanks for sponsoring today's show, Quick and Sonic Foods. You sure know how to make something that's edible in seconds, huh? Anyway, let's talk about something that's more intellectually stimulating, research papers. Today, we're going to cover some exciting stuff about AI and reinforcement learning. And to help us make sense of all these big words, we have our resident AI expert, Belinda, joining us. Get ready, nerds. Our first paper today comes from Google DeepMind, Stanford University, and UC Berkeley, and it's titled Chain of Code, Reasoning with a Language Model Augmented Code Emulator. Belinda, can you give us a brief overview of what this paper is about?
1: Sure. This paper proposes a new method called Chain of Code, COC, which is a language model-augmented code emulator that improves reasoning performance for both logic and semantic tasks. COC allows LM's to format semantic subtasks in a program as flexible pseudocode, which the interpreter can catch and hand off to simulate with an LM as an emulator.
2: That's interesting. How did the authors evaluate COC's performance?
1: The authors tested COC on a variety of benchmarks and compared it to other baselines. They found that Coq outperformed Chain of Thought and other baselines across a variety of benchmarks. On the Big Bench Hard benchmark, Coq achieved 84%, which is a gain of 12% over Chain of Thought.
2: That's a significant improvement. How does Coq broaden the scope of reasoning questions that LMs can answer?
1: Coq allows LMs to think in code, which broadens the types of reasoning questions that LMs can answer. LMs can now reason about both logical and semantic tasks, such as detecting sarcasm in an essay. COC is a simple yet effective extension that improves LM code-driven reasoning and has the potential to be used in a variety of applications.
2: Fascinating. It's exciting to think about how COC could be used to improve LM performance in a variety of domains. Our second paper today is Pearl, a production-ready reinforcement learning agent by researchers from AI at Meta and Facebook Research. Belinda, can you tell us what Perl is and how it differs from existing RL libraries?
1: Sure. Perl is a RL agent software package that's designed to address challenges in a modular fashion. Unlike existing open source RL libraries that tend to focus on a narrow portion of the RL solution pipeline, Perl aims to provide a comprehensive solution to the whole pipeline.
2: What challenges does Perl address?
1: Perl addresses a range of challenges that real-world intelligent systems encounter, such as dealing with delayed rewards, handling partial observability, addressing the exploration and exploitation dilemma, utilizing offline data to improve online performance, and ensuring safety constraints are met. By embracing these challenges in a modular way, Perl makes it easier for researchers and engineers to develop RL solutions for a wide range of problems.
2: That sounds very promising. Can you give us an example of Perl's industry adoption?
1: Yes, the paper highlights Pearl's industry adoption at Meta, where it was used to train a recommendation system. Pearl's modular design enabled the researchers to quickly iterate on different RL algorithms and configurations, and the system achieved significant improvements in click-through rate. The paper also presents preliminary benchmark results, which demonstrate Pearl's performance on a range of standard RL benchmarks.
2: Thanks, Belinda. It's exciting to see RL research being applied in practical industry settings with the help of tools like Perl. Our last paper for today is titled Large Language Models for Mathematicians. Belinda, can you give us a summary of what this paper is about?
1: Sure. This paper explores the potential use of large language models, LLMs, like ChatGPT for professional mathematicians. It provides a mathematical description of the Transformer model used in all modern language models, outlines best practices and potential issues, and reports on the mathematical abilities of language models.
2: Interesting. So how can LLMs aid professional mathematicians?
1: Well, LLMs can help mathematicians speed up and improve the quality of their work. They can assist with tasks like generating proofs, checking mathematical formulas, and even suggesting new conjectures.
2: That sounds like a huge help! What does the mathematical description of the transformer model entail?
1: The paper provides a detailed explanation of the transformer model used in language models. It explains the self-attention mechanism, multi-head attention, and other technical aspects of the model.
2: And what potential issues and best practices are outlined in this paper?
1: The authors discuss issues like the accuracy of LLMs for mathematical tasks, bias in training data, and the need for specialized training data. They also outline best practices like fine-tuning LLMs on mathematical data and using them as a tool instead of a replacement for human mathematicians.
2: Thanks for the summary, Belinda. It's exciting to think about how LLMs could change the way mathematicians work in the future. It breaks my heart to say it, but we've reached the end of another wild ride on GPT reviews. So to all my loyal dweebs, geeks, and nerds out there, thanks for tuning in and listening to the smooth sounds of yours truly. I want to give a shout out to my right-hand collaborators, Robert, AKA the analyst extraordinaire, Olivia, the internet explorer, and Belinda, the AI research maven. You guys are the best, and we couldn't have put on this show without your incredible insights and knowledge. Don't forget to check out the podcast description for all the juicy details and resources we talked about today. And speaking of juicy, did you hear about the new AI that can predict your crush's favorite pizza toppings? It's true, folks! You can't beat that kind of technological wizardry. Before I sign off, I want to remind all of you beautiful people to send in your love or hate mail. We love hearing from you, even if you're one of those trolls who hates on everything. It's all good in the GPT hood. So until next time, stay cool, stay classy, and remember to keep on trucking. This is GPT signing off.